Oh God, that it is in you we move and breathe and have our being. I give you praise, glory, and honor, oh God, that you will anoint the ears and open the hearts of your people this evening. Oh God, so that they cannot just hear the word, but that they will receive it, understand it, retain it, and apply it to their lives. Father God, there are many times people come to church and they hear, but they did not receive nothing. And so tonight, my desire for your people, oh God, is to hear and receive because, Father, we are in the last days. And like we shared last week, your spirit said that we need to walk with the gift of discernment, Father God. So tonight I just pray, God, Holy Spirit, that you will just do what you do best. Anoint me afresh this evening, oh God, so that I can bring this word to your people. Ah, oh God, I thank you this evening that as I decrease, that you will increase in me, Father God, because I cannot do this without you. With, without you, I can do nothing, but I know that I can do all things with you because it is you that gives us the power. It is in you we do all things. And so tonight, I ask for fresh anointing to bring this word. I give you all the glory, all the praise, and the honor. And Lord, we thank you because in spite of what the enemy meant for bad, we still have our system working. So we just give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Give God some praise that the system is working because it makes it easier on us, amen, to pray and to preach, amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you this evening. And so tonight we're going to, I spent... After I listened to my message last week, I always listen to my message because I'm always trying to do better. We're striving for excellence, amen? When you think you've arrived, you have a problem. When you think that you have arrived and you got everything done, Pat, you're in trouble. I strive towards excellence. And so I listened to my message on last week and I spent 10 minutes explaining and breaking down the meaning of discernment. I'm going to mention it for a few seconds tonight just for those that may not have been here, but I spent 10 minutes explaining to you what is the reason why we need the gift of discernment and I, I gave you three definitions of the uh, understanding of discernment and so I'm going to mention one of those things that I spoke about last week I'm talking about discernment is the heightened ability to read or hear a teaching to encounter a problem or to consider a proposed course of action and then determine whether the source Behind the teaching, problem or action is divine, if it's merely human, or if it is satanic. Amen? This will be a much needed gift in these end times, people of God. We need the gift of discernment. I said last week that we have a lot of gifts. There are nine gifts that the Holy Spirit gave us. The, um, Jesus gave five, the Holy Spirit gave nine, and God gave seven. But we are talking here about this one important gift, and it is called discernment. Amen. And so I'm going to jump right into the scripture today. I want to just go to, I'm going to pick up at uh, where I left off, but I do need to mention to you Luke 4 and verse 18, and then we're going to go to the scripture where we left off last week. Let's look at Luke 
4 and verse 18 before I get into the other scripture that we need to move on to. The Bible says, <coughs> excuse me, I'm reading from the New King James Version. <coughs> excuse me. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because there's a reason why the spirit of the Lord is upon us. He said, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me and you to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And I say this last week and I'll repeat myself again. If we do not have the gift of discernment, we can't help nobody else because if we don't know what's going on, how can we help the next person? How can you help your neighbor? How can you help your husband? How can you pray your husband through? How can you pray for the teacher so that they can do the right thing at school? Why would you not have discernment so that you can cover the school grounds with the blood of Jesus so that those that, that are spirit-filled in the, in the school system that are walking in fear, if you pray for them and you know that they're going through problems, you can pray for them and they will begin to do what they need to do in the school system. Yes. I remember a woman told me she used to come to the prayer clinic all the time. I feel so sorry for her because she's she says she's spirit-filled. But she told me that the little boy met her on the elevator, and he told her, this is a 12-year-old boy, told her that we're going to do witchcraft on you in the school. Now, you want to tell me you are spirit-filled, and you're going to receive that? She said, I can't wait to get out of this school system because the kids, and she just, and I, 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 was, I was speechless because if... Uh, if somebody told me that, I, 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 I know exactly what I would say. But, again, you need to make sure we, let me rephrase that, we, I walk in the spirit of the, the, the gift of discernment, but we need to make sure that we recognize that that is a necessity in the last Days so that we can overcome the false teachers and the false prophets and the false apostles, okay? Because if we don't, we will be in trouble. So I just want to go quickly to, now that we've set that down, let's, walk, let's go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to read 1 and 2. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2 as I get into the second half of this message, amen? 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 2. The Bible says, are we there? Amen. amen. The Bible says, now the Spirit expressively say that in the latter time, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits, and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. And what is Paul saying to us? Paul is letting us know that in the last days, these that are out here that are lying to you and telling you that you don't have to keep the commandments, 
and these that are out here telling you that we are under grace and so we are not going to be convicted by the Holy Ghost, their spirit is seared. Amen. They are messed up and they want to bring you into the same category where they are. But see, when you have the gift of discernment, you will understand that Jesus said, Jesus said this, not Paul, not nobody, not Peter. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you. He didn't say I'm abolishing this. He was adding another commandment to the ten. He said, a new commandment I give to you to love one another. He never said, I'm going to give you a new commandment so you don't need to keep the other ten. No, no, no. He was just letting you know that a new commandment I give you. And we do understand. We do understand because somebody might say, well, it was not Jesus that gave you the commandment. Well, I'm sorry. My Bible says that Jesus is Lord with all capitals. My Bible tells me that in the Old Testament, every time you see the angel of the Lord, he was talking about Jesus. My Bible told me that when God was walking with Adam and Eve in the garden, it was Jesus. Now, I can't sit up here and tell you that that was his name. But we understand that God the Father is spirit. And Jesus is, always is, always was, and always will be. So we know that it was him in the Old Testament that was given the commandments. We understand this. You see, there's times when we have to let the Holy Spirit speak to our hearts and know. I remember one time a friend of mine told me, well, I don't need to get up and pray in the morning because, yeah, he said, um, I don't need to get up and pray because I talk to God all day. I said, if Jesus had to get up and pray, Negro, what is your problem? If Jesus had to get up and pray every day in order for some things to happen, in order to stay connected with the Father, what's wrong with us? The Bible says that he got up early in the morning. The Bible says the only thing that the apostles ever asked Jesus to teach them was how to pray. They never asked him to teach them how to cast out demons. They never asked him how to teach them to heal the sick. The only thing that they spoke and asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Yes. So we need to make sure that we are sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit. You see, as I always tell people, there is the pre-incarnate Christ. Let me give you another example of Jesus in the Old Testament. When Joshua was by the river and he saw a man. He saw with his two eyes, he saw a man. Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13 through 15. I'm not going there. I'm just trying to enlighten you to the place where you know what's in your Bible. So you know what's in your Bible. And Joshua said, who are you? Are you with us? Or are you against us? He said, no, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. He says, take off your shoes because the ground where you stand is holy. That's the, the only person that receives worship in the Bible is God. 
God. That's how you know that that was Jesus. Then we talked. So, but I'm not going there. I was just giving you a little bit of understanding so you'll know what's in your Bible. Amen. So in the, in the latter days, the Bible says that they're speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. So what they do is they tell you, you don't have to do this and you don't need to do that. And then they have you following them instead of following God. And so what happens, a lot of people are listening to these people and they are not discerning um, what needs to be discerned because they're not walking with the gift of discernment. I'm gonna share something with you guys that I may not have made myself very clear last week when I mentioned this, but I need to clarify this. Because when I listen to my message, I don't want people to leave with misunderstanding. When I mentioned that, I was talking about Medea, and when I mentioned that if the enemy can't come into the front door, he's coming into the back door. Let me explain what I was talking about, just in case you didn't get it. There is no way we know that homosexuality is a sin. So you're going to sit up and tell me that you're going to wear a dress and a wig and pretend to be your grandmother pretend to be your grandmother and think that that's okay? So if the enemy, you see the enemy is very subtle. He cannot come into the front door. That's what I was saying. So he comes into the back door and he comes in with fun and laughter. And so suddenly you're now looking at this person that's portraying a homosexual demon you must, I felt that I needed to make that clear. Make it plain. So if I can't just pretend that I'm this person, then I'm going to come in and pretend that I'm that person. And so the God of this world has blinded the people, even some of us that call ourselves Christians. And so now we're going to embrace this. We're going to embrace a six foot seven man with a wig, with two things across his chest, with a dress, and think that that's funny? Let's get real people of God. That's subtle, subtle. The enemy is very subtle. Very subtle. The Bible says he comes as an angel of light. And I say this again, I said it last week, and I'm saying, do you understand that 90% of the Christians are endorsing this? Why? Because there is no discernment. No discernment. I can't see that this is a man trying to portray a woman, and I'm going to embrace invited me over to her house and she said that was my first time being introduced to this person and, and she showed me this thing and, and she, she was just laughing. She's supposed to be a Christian. And she looked at me and she said, you're not laughing. I said, I don't see nothing to laugh at. She said, what's wrong with you? I said, no, what's wrong with you? 
I said, why do I want to laugh at this homosexual? Why do I want to laugh at this subtlety of the devil? Subtlety. So that's what I meant when I said, if he can't come in through the front door, he's going to come in through the back door. And I felt the need to explain that tonight because I don't know that everybody got it last week. Amen. And so, people of God, we need the gift of discernment. Because the false apostles and the false workers, they're transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Okay? I listen, I tell you, we, we that are Christians, Satan is transformed, he's masquerading as something good, but because we do not have on our discernment cap, we go for the okie dokie. We got to know when there's a witch sitting in your pew. You need to know. I remember this very clearly, and God brings these things back to me. When I was still a Catholic and I knew nothing about the church, I didn't know nothing about the church because all I did was I went and came home. I never befriended nobody. And so this woman used to be my client, and she said to me, she's, she was a beautiful lady, and she used to buy a lot of lovely things from me. And one day she said to me, she said, I was selling her hat, and, and I said, Do you like it? And she said, Yeah, I like it. And I said, well, why aren't you smiling as you were? And she said, well, I can't. And I said, what's wrong? And as I started to talk to her, the tears just falling on her face. And I said, what's wrong? She said, well, this woman in my church came and took away my husband with witchcraft. I didn't understand that that day because I thought the church supposed to have some power. I thought if you're going to be the first lady, you better know how to pray your husband through. I thought that if you're going to be some first lady, you better know when there's a witch in your church so you can get that Jezebel demon out of there. You see what I'm trying to say? We need discernment. But unfortunately, nobody is explaining to you. Okay, you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and you read about all the gifts. And it's like I said, everybody want to speak in tongues and that's a good thing. Everybody wants to interpret tongues and that's a good thing. We know you have faith, and that's a good thing. We know that you can lay hands on the sick and they will be healed, and that's a good thing. We know that God will give you a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom from time to time, and that's a good thing. But we need discernment, people of God. It is important for these last days, these last days, if we do not wear our discernment gift, we are going to be in trouble. We must, we must covet that gift. We must, we must make sure that we understand that the God of this world is disguising himself as an angel of light everywhere you go. Do you understand there's more stuff happening in the church than it is, or just as much happening? Do you know how many young people are in the church right now that are getting pregnant and having abortions? Do you know? I mean, we are the church. We are the church. I remember when my granddaughter got pregnant, everybody was mad with me. 
Because they wanted, everybody wanted her to have an abortion. I said, nah, I said, over my dead body. Over my dead body. And I told her, I said, baby, I said, if nobody helps you, I will help you. I will help you. I said, because my Bible says in Exodus 20 and 13, thou shalt not kill. Amen. Amen. But I'm saying this to say there are pastors that are out there that are accommodating this stuff and the parents are going along with it because they're not worried about what God said. They're worried about the pastor said it's okay. God's not pleased with that. God is not pleased with that. We need to make sure. I'm going to give you an example of the gift of discernment. Go with me to the book of Acts. Chapter 16, Acts chapter 16, 16 through 19. Powerful scripture, a couple of powerful passages of scripture. I preach about this many times, but I've never looked at it in this category before. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 19. Are you with me? It says, now it happened as we went, this is Paul talking, as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. The girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these are the men, these are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did and, as, and this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, let me stop right here. Now, you would think that what she was saying is true, right? She was telling the truth. But you don't need Satan to endorse you. You don't need witches and warlocks to endorse you. No. So Paul said, Paul didn't speak to the girl. Look what he says. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and he came out that very hour. Discernment. He discerned that it was a spirit of satanic that was talking through the girl. That's what the gift of discernment will do. Somebody else might have looked at that and said, oh my God, she's trying to help us win people to Christ. No, 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 no. Discernment will let you know that you don't need to be endorsed. I don't need you to help me proclaim the gospel. Amen. Get out of her and now. And that's what the gift of discernment will do. You will know that it's something other than God that's trying to get in your, in your space. And that's why we need the gift of discernment. We must come to a place where we recognize that the great deception is here. The last days is here. And I'm going to tell you, people may not realize it, but there's a lot of people preaching doctrines of demons and devils. They are preaching doctrines of demons and devils and people are falling for it by the multitude. Amen. I mean by the multitude, they are falling for it. They're giving you some clever imitation of what the word said. And I'm going to give you an example. How do I know this? The devil always comes with a little truth. Isn't that what he did in the book of uh, Genesis chapter 3? Did God say? Did God say? 
You see, he comes with a little truth and then he twists it. You see, but Eve didn't have discernment. Because if she did, she would have known. Because God, first of all, God never talked to Eve. Second of all, God never said anything about touching it. He just said, you shall not eat of that fruit. He never said nothing about touching it. But it goes to show you, we got to make sure that when we are being preached to, you need to know who is spewing venom in your face. Oh yeah, it's very important. It is very, very important. Most of the false teaching today, they give you a little bit of truth. Just a little bit. Amen. But you will know if they're drawing you to themselves, that's not the right teaching. Because we are supposed to be pointing you to Christ. He's the one that died for you. He's the one that went to Calvary. He is the one that's coming back for those of us that are looking for him. If you're not looking for Christ, he ain't coming back for you. He said he's coming back for those who are looking for him. Which means that we have to watch and pray. We need to stay ready. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew 24. And um, what is it? Matthew 24. I believe it's 5. It says. If it were if 24 and 24. It says. Even the very elect. Would be deceived. If he did not cut the day short. Even the very elect. Would be deceived. Because there are false Christs and false prophets showing great signs and wonders. I showed prophetess something the other day. This is supposed to be God. I said, that's not God. I didn't see nowhere in the Bible where you touch somebody and they start jumping over all the chairs, trying to jump over, over the piano and knocking down things. That's not God. That's not God. That's a different spirit. But these people are in this place and they are looking at this and they are believing that this is God. That's not God. You need to know. And just because the person got a big name, it means nothing. I always say this. I used to wonder, I say, God, why is it it's taking so long for the prayer clinic to grow? He said, because you're doing what I say. He said, ain't nobody looking for God. Ain't nobody wants to come to pray. We can, you, all of you guys have been at home right now looking at something hot on TV right now. You did not have to be here. But there's a few of us that sold out. Give, you, give yourself a hand of applause because there's a few of us that are sold out for Christ. There's a few of us that understand that Pastor Ruby and Prophet Stu can pray for these things and yes, we're going to get answers. But guess what? When you come and join with us, the Bible says one can chase a thousand and two can chase ten thousand. Yes. And that's why it's important for you to come and help us. And God is going to reward you openly. Amen. 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 I say even those people that are closest to God, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, yes. you can be deceived. The time is now. The gift of discernment. Every child of God should possess that gift. We should have, yet yeah, we may have other gifts. Word of knowledge. Sister Sonia is 
always, she's, she's someone that has the word of knowledge, but she still needs the gift of discernment. People need it. We need that. If we don't get nothing else, we need it. So I'm asking you to ask God, just like how God hide Moses in the rock, the cleft of the rock. Ask God to hide you in his divine protection and shelter you so that you don't be deceived. Don't, you don't want to be deceived, no. No, no, no. See, the, the, another thing that I find is that if everybody that you're going to listen to is going to preach to you and tell you that, as I said this before, they need another airplane to go preach the gospel, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You got to watch that. You got to watch that. The Bible says, my sheep hears my voice. My sheep hears my voice. So if you stay in the Bible and read and listen, you will know when it's God and when it's not God. My sheep hears my voice. And they will not follow a stranger. So that tells me this. Those that are going up here that are gravitating to the false teachers, they're not reading for themselves. They don't have a real relationship with God. They're not seeking God. They're not, the Bible says, if you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. Amen. Because we can be doing so many different things and call ourselves. No, there are times. I remember in the book of Psalms, chapter 55 and verse 17, it says, we're supposed to pray in the morning, in the noonday, and in the afternoon, in the nighttime. But what am I saying? Why did I say that, people of God? I always say this, and many of you may have heard me say this before. You know, you can learn something from a dog if you look hard enough. The Muslims, they're going to burn in hell if they don't know Jesus Christ as Lord. But they stop and pray five times a day. I don't care what they are doing. They stop and they make a conscious decision to pray. They make a conscious decision to pray. And we need to make sure that we learn the same thing and do. It says it in 55. If any of you guys never seen this, could you go with me to um, Psalm 55 and 17? I want, to, want you to see this for yourself. Psalm 55 and 17. Since the Spirit of God dropped that in my spirit, there's a need for you to see this so you will know. Psalm 55 and 17. It says... Fifty-five and seventeen. It says, verse sixteen says, "As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning, and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud." So you need to, you know, it said, "I will pray and cry aloud, and He shall hear my voice." That's amazing because it says, "When I do it His way." When I do it his way, he will respond to me. So we need to make a conscious decision that that's what we need to be doing. Amen? Amen. 
Glory be to God. And then, as uh, I, you got it? Everybody got that? Psalm 55 and 17. Now, I want to share some things with you guys because I want you to know that I'm not just talking stuff. I am telling you the truth that you can look it up for yourself. There is a man in Brazil, his name is Enrol, and he says that he is the reincarnated Christ. He preaches to the people, he stands up on top of a roof and the people are down here. That's not God. Jesus walked around the people. He was not untouchable. So now you know, but people are going along with this now. I mean, he's got followers. Oh yes, there's a man right here in America, uh, 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 Prophet Bill, Billy Somebody Brown, and the same thing, he's preaching heresy to the people. There's a man in Africa, he is too holy to walk on the ground. Let me tell you what he's doing. He has people laying down and he walks on top of them. He cannot touch the ground. He's too holy. And people are going for this, people of God. You got to hear what I'm saying. And this is why I said we are living in the last days. People are going for this because of ignorance. Ignorance. Now why should I lay down and let you walk on top of me? Because you're too holy to walk on the ground. Jesus was never too holy to walk on the ground. He didn't stand up on a house stop to preach to the people. He walked among the people. So that's how you know that. But, but it goes to show you what is going on around the world, people of God. It goes to show you. So we need to make sure there's prophets that's condoning witchcraft. There's a lot of churches right now, right here in America, that there's so much witchcraft going on. Oh yes, people of God, you got to wear your discernment cap. You got to walk in discernment because if you don't, you will, you will be deceived. There is, I'm gonna close, I'm gonna close with this because I got we gotta pray. There is a telescope in Arizona that the Vatican has put up there. The Catholics put it up there. Guess what's the name of the telescope? It's called Lucifer. The name, I'm go search it out for yourself, don't just take my word. The name of the telescope is Lucifer. This is where we're at, people. We need to be ready. We need to be sensitive. We need to be aware of what's going on around us. There's so much stuff that is happening. And God's people are blinded by the God of this world. Amen. Like I said, all people want to hear is that somebody going to give you a husband or somebody going to give you a wife or somebody going to give you some more money or somebody. No, I need somebody to prophesy to me and say, you know what? God says that the next time you have a meeting, 50 people is going to be healed. God says that he's pleased with your walk. That's what I want to hear. My Bible says that all the 
promises of God are yea and amen. So you ain't got to tell me that God going to give me a husband or that God going to give me some more money. I don't need to hear that. I need to hear that God is pleased with what you're doing. Because I want one day that he will say, well done, you good and faithful servant. I'm going to close right now. My closing statement is this. 2 Peter 3 and 17, that's my last verse of scripture. I condensed this message, but we gotta pray. 2 Peter 3 and 17, it says, You, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfast being and led away with the error of wickedness. Amen? We need to make sure. Now, this is what it says in here, but let me read what it says to you in the King James Version, and that's why I like to use both. It says, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, in other words, since I have shared these things with you, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawlessness and fall, watch this, from your secure position. Your secure position. God is saying to be aware. God is saying to be wise. God is saying to be sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit. And if I don't encourage you to do anything else, I encourage you to covet the gift of discernment. It's going to help you in these last days. You will know the moment someone opened their mouth, when they start preaching, you're going to say, that's my God, I need to get out of here. Amen. Father, I give you praise and I thank you for this word this evening. I thank you and I praise you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, that you have breathed upon your word. I thank you, O oh God, that these words will not, they were not falling on, 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 on hard soil, O oh God, but that they were, they fell on good ground, Father God, good soil. And I give you praise, O oh God, that your people will not forget what they heard tonight or what they heard last week, Father God, because we recognize that in these end times, the age the devil comes as an angel of light. There's false prophets, false apostles, false evangelists, and Lord, and, and there's so much going on. And we, you said that if we were not careful, even the very elect would be deceived. And Lord, help us not to be deceived. And we give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Give the Lord some praise if you're receiving it. I want you to buy a new one.